So, uh, well, you saw the the Ben Affleck master tweet. I did see the Ben Affleck master tweet. It's interesting, dude. I uh, I kind of, yeah. I I think I reposted it and just I don't know if that's the one I reposted and was just like, dude. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, what's really cool about that is uh, Deathstroke uh, has not been on or, or at least in movie form. I mean, he was on Arrow, yeah. um, you know, in, in uh, the tweet is very uh, nondescript. Uh, yeah, I, just, yeah. I, I would assume it's probably not Justice League. Um, oh, I don't think it is either. I think it's the Batman movie. Well, because I mean, if they're going to, I'm sitting here watching it again right now. If they're going nice. to, uh, if they're going to throw him into Justice League, then my concern would be, is he, is he the crossbones of Justice League? And he's <laughs> simply there to die. Um, yeah. And because crossbones is a very cool character and boo exactly, boy, yeah, they, and they just kind of just wreck, just like, okay, well that's cool. See ya. <laughs> and they just threw him right out, right out in the trash heap is what they did. Yeah. Uh, You're well, nice cannon fodder for the intro to Civil War. <laughs> well, he, you know he was uh, he was cool in Winter Soldier, and well, he wasn't Crossbones then. I well, mean, he, he really well like, no, he wasn't Crossbones, but he was the 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 person who would become Crossbones. Yeah, he played a big role there, which was cool. But yeah, then, I would have loved to have seen a, a few more Crossbones appearances throughout the throughout the MCU. But you know, I guess we can't get everything that we want, but. <laughs> No, no. But yeah, no, they, I think they certainly gave him the yeah. old heave ho, man. No, for sure. But I think you're right on about about Deathstroke. Um, looking into that a little bit too, I mean, it's just it. Ever since that has posted, it has been nonstop in in our Twitter feed. Um, that's just the stream of of information I've had from every other comic book source that that I look at and follow and kind of check out. It's always it's just been almost 100 percent um, this Deathstroke video. Which is awesome. I think it's a really cool way to kind of give a sneak peek and and instead of, I don't know, I think it was a really cool move because people don't even know who's cast as Deathstroke yet. They have their inclinations, but no one even knows that yet. Well, and it's a very cool way for uh, DC to introduce to the world uh, the character that Deadpool is a complete and 100% total ripoff of. That's weird because you said like it's Wade Wilson and then who is it? Slade Wilson? Yeah. Deathstroke <laughs> who was created, you know, I don't know, in the 60s and went by the name Slade Wilson. <laughs> was a master mercenary and with, assassin. With with metahuman healing powers. And a sword. And a sword and is proficient with guns. Was drawn by Rob Leefield. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he comes up with Deadpool. That's amazing. Well, Rob Liefeld drew, drew uh, Deadpool as well. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, he I drew. You were he did, no, he drew. No, he drew Deathstroke for a while. He did yeah. Deathstroke with DC. Yeah, and then went to Marvel, and you know because he's such a creative genius, he introduced Deadpool. <laughs> Death, dead. Stroke. What are you doing in a pool? Oh, Deadpool. Death. Oh, cash money. <laughs> Well, the biggest difference to me was the first name, you know. Well, the biggest Wade and Slade. Well, the biggest difference is Deathstroke is cool and Deadpool sucks. I'm sorry, he's one of the Woof. most. Yeah, no, the one of the most overrated characters, man. Dude, we, overrated maybe, but I think he's cool. He sucks. I mean, he's, he sucks. You suck. I know, well, 
Okay. Deadpool <laughs> sucks, dude. No, that's fine. No, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm gonna. Th- you know, we haven't we haven't dropped too many bombs on this show. Nah. I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I think the Deadpool character is, is lame. I am not a Deadpool fan. I think he's lame. I get the whole satirical thing, breaking the fourth wall, nerting, nerting, nerting. I get it. He I, he knows he's a a comic book character. Yep. Yeah. He still sucks. Dude, not, I don't not know, a man. fan. Not a fan of you that. I guess not everybody has to be, but you know, no, I don't. No. I don't mind him one bit. I think. I think the. Uh, I think yeah. I think it's a little refreshing to see a character like that. I think the uh, his appearance. I guess for me, it wasn't necessarily a bunch in the comics though. It was a lot in the video games. Like uh, you know, a few years back with Marvel versus Capcom, and um, th- you know that game is long gone at this point, but. <laughs> He <laughs> pulled off the shelf at every retailer ever. Um, now available but, for your Sega Saturn. <laughs> dude, not <laughs> available to like look at on a picture on your Sega Saturn. <laughs> but, but I mean, regardless, I thought he was always entertaining to me. It was always a nonchalant character, I guess, in that sense of like, I think he's cool. It doesn't bother me. The movie was funny, you know, but uh, I guess in the I guess in, if I was to get down in the nitty, in the gritty of comic book nerdery, you know, <laughs> sure, he doesn't have a, a fantastic backstory by any chance, but I don't know. I think he's cool. One of the uh, best videos on YouTube right now is the epic rap battle between Boba Fett and Deadpool. And <laughs> I haven't you, seen that. And if you well, put it on, we'll get it on the Twitter feed. If uh, okay. um, if you if you guys haven't had a chance to watch that, uh, probably you know I'm I'm biased. I'm going to definitely lean towards. Uh, the Mandalorian on that one. Yeah, big shocker here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but he he drops some pretty good some pretty good lines. We can't repeat, oh, I'm sure. we, we can't repeat a lot of them here because it is <laughs> a, a mature uh, rap battle. Uh, but um, yeah, just some of the some of the things that Fed throws at Deadpool <laughs> is pretty good. So he's like, yeah, you know, he calls him a Deathstroke ripoff. He's got Spider Man. Oh, that's good. He's got Spider Man's eyes and Wolverine's powers, and looks like he's got <laughs> lasagna on his face. And um, <laughs> he be, he beats him up pretty good. It's it's awesome. Oh, I'm sure. I you know I may be going a little hardcore. Uh, I don't. I you know it's not that I I wouldn't say that I hate the character Deadpool. I think I have. He has become such a. Uh, I mean, he's everywhere now. You you go into a comic shop and it's it's Deadpool in your face. You go here, it's Deadpool. You got the dude. My kid likes Deadpool. Dude, it's the hot it's the hotness right now. Yeah, though. my, I mean, my kid will not be watching Deadpool no matter how much he. He's nine. Real quick. <laughs> yeah, he's nine. So we're gonna hold <laughs> off on that one. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It just. Uh, Maybe I am kicking against Deadpool because it's so big right now. I don't know. I just don't. Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, I'm very good to get back to Deathstroke here. I I think this is very cool. Whether it's it's something that actually comes to fruition or not, uh, who knows? I mean, it, it could just simply be, you know, a test for that could I don't know but it it looks legit yeah. it looks legit oh yeah that's live action it's not a it's not a CG replication it's a live action costume and it, it's it's a very cool if it is going to be for the Batman which you know makes me wonder is Joker going to be in there for that one because I mean you could definitely could still have both it wouldn't be the oh, first sure. time it wouldn't be the first time we've had a, a Batman movie with multiple villains. But the cool thing with Deathstroke is he's not essentially always a quote unquote bad guy. 
Now, in in Batman's view, he is. Yeah. Though, you know, multiple times throughout DC, whether, you know, whatever universe you're in, uh, Deathstroke mm-hmm. has gone, you know, toe-to-toe with Batman and Arrow. He has sometimes mixed it up even with the Flash and things like that, but then he's yeah. turned around and he's gone after, you know, other quote unquote bad guys in the DC universe. Uh, yeah. Very well, he's got his own moral code at that point. You know, yeah. He's got his, he's got his own guiding light and he, it's not Batman's moral code and it doesn't align with that, but I'm excited to, I'm definitely excited to see what kind of comes of this and that you mentioned the Joker. And I think the Joker thing, you know, we saw that Christopher Nolan like really had a complete movie with three movies, right? You know, the trilogy. Yeah. And and he wasn't really setting up like a theme for one character to kind of be in a universe. It was a trilogy and it was always going to be a trilogy. I think with that Joker idea, you've got the, the ability for it to kind of like spot check through, like feed into these movies a little bit across, you know, theme of the Joker across these movies. And then you can have a grand finale with the Joker, but. And for all we know, I mean, Deathstroke maybe is taking a contract for the Joker. And he's, uh, yeah. he's he's hunting the Joker. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, that's very cool. Nonetheless, though, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm man. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for that. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm I'm very excited for a. Uh, you know, and it, what, I think, what, and we need to move on here. We not spend too much time <laughs> on the DC EU, but what what I am digging about how they're approaching this is, yeah, it seems as if each film that comes out is a sequel to the one before it. In in a few ways. The DCEU, you mean? Yes, yes. Uh, I think that's a very interesting approach, and it's one I'm I'm digging on. Now, you know, we know that Man of Steel 2 has been confirmed. Uh, The Batman is definitely being worked on. Uh, Affleck, you know, directing, obviously starring in it as well, too. So, yeah, man, some good stuff coming. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for these superhero movies, man. I'm excited for this comic book. You know, and I think... uh, who Henry Cavill said it, I believe, and I'll and I'll, I'm going to echo that statement in 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 lieu or I guess in the face of the hate that a lot of this stuff gets, occasionally, right? But in 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 the face of all of that, they they were they were talking about Civil War versus Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. and Henry was just like, you know, you can take this however you want, but at the same time, here's here's what I think: you have a guy, you have a, a guy says look, it's not about us versus them. It's not about Marvel versus DC. It's about the love of superhero movies actually getting screen time and actually getting the production values that they deserve. And fans will be coming in to just watch these movies. And that's clear. They have been, you know, six, what is 600 million? Uh, yeah. Not too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> for I, Suicide I, Squad, well, so. I was going to say what, what I loved about your little preview for this show is right now, as of what's the date today? The time just seems to fly. Tuesday, August thirtieth. Yeah, man. Uh, Suicide Squad has made six hundred and thirty-seven million seven hundred eighty-two thousand two hundred and ten dollars. Yeah. Bad movies. And, and, bad yeah. movies do not make six hundred and thirty-seven million seven hundred eighty-two thousand <laughs> and two hundred and ten dollars. That's the whole thing. And I know we go to bat for Suicide Squad a lot. And I think because well, we go, we go to bat, of the hate, because of the, the backlash that we, we've seen. And that is true. But we also go to bat for something that is... Worth it, watching. Worth watching. And when people act like dingleheads. Yeah. And, and that is what happened with 
Suicide muggins. Squad. Yeah, cotton-headed ninny muggins. That's what happened with Suicide Squad. That's what happened with Dawn of Justice. And so, anyway, we're not going to yep. you know keep beating on that dead horse. I but, know we've we've done that a few times. And but sorry, sorry, listeners, if you are tired of that argument, deal but, with it. Deal with uh, it. I, mean, it's I a, guess it's a great yeah. movie. And, and like Ryan said, uh, bad movies do not make that type of of revenue in yeah. the theater. Uh, so this idea that the squad would not have staying power is been yeah. shattered. When this movie comes out for home viewing, Blu-ray, DVD, digital HD, it's gonna great. it's gonna blow it up there as well too. Yeah. So um, you know, deal with it, guys. It's a it's a great movie, and and we're I think the, the people who listen to this though, yeah. I think they're on that side. I hope I think, so. Man. You know, I, I, so. I haven't. I've heard some positive feedback around that, and thank you for those of you who have reached out um, and chatted me up on Twitter and stuff like that. It, we get to have some really good conversations about about being reasonable and about saying, okay, like this is this is really what it's about. It's about enjoying. These superhero movies about it's about enjoying that kind of stuff and I don't yep. you know it, it's a it's a great movie and if you if you are on the fence and you've been you know listening sure. your your five episodes in now with us and if you're still sitting <laughs> on you. the fence yeah absolutely <laughs> if you're still sitting on the fence and saying you know I don't know I don't know go see it go see it we think you're gonna like it okay enough yep. with the, enough with the squad there man well, speaking of a preview episode that was the first time that I've done anything like that what. That print. I mean, just talking to myself for oh, five minutes. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick my own rear end over that. I, I could not have sounded more like I had a a someone handed me a script and they're like, "Here, John, read this." You're fine. Nah, man, oh that gosh. was Can, that was bad. I I do not. <laughs> if you're hey, listening, please hey, tweet us. Let John ever, know that uh, he did fine. Please let him know that he's all right. <laughs> no, hey, it's guys, not a big deal. Hey guys, have you ever gone into a comic book store? <laughs> I did feel. I, you oh, know what it was like the the, sul- the sultry sounds of oh, of geez. late night with John. I, I know, right? Hey, everybody, I know. <laughs> Up next, we've got the smooth jazz sounds of Mark Antoine <laughs> on ninety five point five, the Coyote. <laughs> oh, after the break, we'll talk about comic book stores. Yeah. Hey guys, speaking of which, though, have you had a chance to read the Flashpoint? No, all right. So yeah, I'm. I, 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 that sounded like trash. So you're okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, whatever. It's not a big deal. But I'm back, baby. <laughs> hopefully, well, hopefully we don't have to do it a bunch, right? You know, occasionally we'll throw a preview episode out there, and I think I guess that's what I kind of want to talk about it too. Is like you know, every we don't get to do this. You know, we try to make it this a consistent thing as much as we can. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned in the preview episode and, and even I'll shout this out, even if you do listen to Saucy Riffs, Tasty Licks, they had run into the same thing with their schedule, your schedule, we John, did, you're yes. in Rex. So things, things are going to come up. And one, I, again, I can't say this enough. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes um, through Spotify or, or uh, SoundCloud, I think, is where we're hosted. Um, and then we pump dude, through to streaming dude, we're, services. We're, we're bo- well, both shows on, on Shut Up Dog are, are literally everywhere. Uh, yeah. You know, Apple Podcast. I have found us on the Cast app for Xbox One. I have yeah. seen us on Overcast and SoundCloud and Stitcher. 
I have found us in pirated feeds. I don't know why anyone feels the need to pirate a free show, but well, you got to do what you got to do. You know, <laughs> whatever it takes to get that if free that's, content. If that's, if that's weaning you off of, if like pirating <laughs> free content is weaning you off of stealing from people, yeah, then by all means, like steal our free show. Oh, that way man. you can get your fix of BitTorrent. I'm going to show these guys. I'm going to steal their free content. <laughs> Just let that be your weaning off yeah, of BitTorrent. Um, no, but anyway, but the point is, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, to to what we do and 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 being a part of this journey and I, I know it's a it's going to be a long journey for us. This is not a uh, this is not a short lived um, <laughs> short lived uh, dream or or short lived goal by any stretch of the imagination. Well, so. well, Ryan, I hate to break it to you now, but this this is my last show. Everybody, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You're putting it down, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's just, I'm setting the I'm setting fire to the mic, and as yeah. soon as it goes up in flames, that'll be the last you hear of me. I can't I can't be everywhere, Ryan. <laughs> Something's got to give. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, life gets in the way, and we want to do those preview episodes. We want to at least throw something out there. If it made a made a hill of beans of difference to you guys, let us know. Like if that was like, hey, we really enjoyed stuff like that, be, let us know because you know we'll keep doing them. We'll throw some throw some junk out there if we want to occasionally. Uh, if we, if we feel the need to throw a solo show in there, but if uh, if it didn't make a hill of beans difference to you, then then hey, cool. Then we'll just keep doing what we do anyway and <laughs> do what yeah, we want. Absolutely. <laughs> um, cool, man. What uh, you you texted me not what last week about going into this comic book store, and we, of course we're not going to blast anybody but no i would i have no problem naming this comic book store but i don't know man that's weird to me uh, <laughs> but go ahead do you you know what john i can't censor you completely so <laughs> by all means be my guest but i know i know where you're going with this so uh you know i, I you get i think you guys have, have figured out i've been reading comic books for you know a while i'm 43 and i started reading when i was about you know, uh, 13, 14 years old and have taken, you know, hiatus here and there, but have always been, you know, at least, uh, up to snuff with where things are going in the comic book world. And it's, you know, I think everybody can identify with the, the comic book store essentially here, let, let's break it down this way, Ryan, you'll agree there. There's essentially, okay. there's essentially two types of comic book stores. Okay. Uh, the first one is going to be your traditional smaller shop, disheveled, disorganized, you know, basically fold out tables, Tupperware bins of comic books or the long cardboard boxes with, you know, books bagged and, and, and carded uh, yeah. for you to go through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the smell of mold and paper, you know, when you, when you walk in, which is a, which is a smell that I love. That's, that's probably one of the main reasons why, uh, I, I live in a fairly digital world with just about everything. My music though is still, I go vinyl for a lot of my music. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, like for my books, I I tend to stick with paper, even, even my regular books, uh, because I like the smell of paper. My wife thinks I'm, I'm a lunatic, but I, I, (laughs) I I love the smell of paper and I I hear you on that, dude. I love that. And I love the smell of a comic book store. When you walk in, it's, it's a, it, it not, it's a good smell, but it's also a nostalgic smell because it, it brings back memories. Yeah. And so you've got, you know, these type of stores that are smaller, uh, dirtier, 
Uh, you know, mm-hmm. not not upkept, um, not organized in the slightest sense of the word. Right. And they primarily deal with books. Uh, there may be a few toys in there, a few collectible toys, like high-end, high-dollar, you know, mm-hmm. limited collector's edition. Sure. Uh, actually, stuff that you would, you know, normally only get at a, at a Comic-Con or a Diamond Comics distributor's exclusive, you know, <laughs> 1950s era, you know, uh, Wonder Woman or something like that. Right, right, right. Figurine and, and yeah. that they got for free and they're selling for, you know, $2,000 to some idiot who's going to be like, I need that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and then you've got the other type of store that is bigger, it's brighter, it's... um caters to you know in in some ways the family yeah. you go in there and they have you know obviously comics but they're on racks on the wall as opposed to like scattered throughout on tables yeah uh, yeah and the floor is clean there's not you know it television from 1984 sitting underneath a shelf somewhere uh covered in dust like there is at this comic store that I went to uh, the other day and it is friendly. It's inviting. Uh, you know, they, they carry everything from Marvel, DC image, dark horse. Uh, but then they also carry like the kid comics, like angry birds and things like that. Yeah. Knowing that when parents come in and they're wanting to pick up the latest issue of, you know, title X, uh, and they've got like a four or five year old who, you know, they don't necessarily want reading, say, Walking Dead. They're going to pick sure. up, you know, a copy of Angry Birds or um, Teen Titans Go or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, the focus of those stores isn't necessarily books. Right. I mean, the, the comics are there. You'll find T-shirts. You find toys. You may find Blu-rays. You may find. um yeah. Um, a good. I mean, you may find board games. Like, board games, yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll you'll see uh, you know people playing Magic the Gathering or Pokemon yeah. cards, uh, things like that. Or Warhammer for forty thousand. Yeah, Warhammer something, <laughs> something, something with an eighty sided dice, right? And, and so, yeah, a tape measure, yeah. Uh, so the other day, uh, I wanted to head out to a comic store. Now, there's one that. I usually go to uh, with my son, James, and I have no problem mentioning this comic book store because I think it's great. It's in Mesa. It goes uh, by the name Samurai Comics. They're on Country Club and Southern in Mesa, Arizona. And if you're in Arizona listening to this, this is a very cool store. They're where uh, one of the Atomic Comics was at before they had to uh, sadly close. That was a cool store. Yeah. Sadly, they had to close their doors because of a a car uh, smashing into their store um, and destroying a insane amount of very valuable comics and kind of hard to recover from that, that, man. Couldn't recover. They had four stores in the Valley and they couldn't recover. And it was, it was heartbreaking. And I think, I think if something like that, I would like to think if something like that would happen now in, in like this more digital payment age and things like that, I really think they may have could have done something to fundraise enough to get, to get back up and running. But Man, that was I've been dude, I was uh, in there only a couple of times and and before dude, they uh, shut it the doors and, Atomic ugh. had I mean you talk about <clears throat> excuse me they they had store. they had an insane amount of yeah. highly sought after uh and collectible books um yeah. and so unfortunately um like you said you know they had four stores the one in Mesa um 
a car literally got driven through the front of their Man. store and and Shame. damaged uh, just too much too much money. Right. And and you know one of the things with with comic books it's it's subjective pricing to begin with anyway for <laughs> yeah. you know back issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Uh, Samurai Comics uh, moved into where Atomic was at one point, and it's a it's a great store. It's super fun. My son loves going there. Uh, they're they're not the they're not like the type of place where you're going to want to dig through bin after bin after bin looking for that hidden gem somewhere. That's sure. just that's not what they do. Now they can help you find something. You know, I mean, if you went up there and said, "Hey, I'm looking for you know." whatever, whatever, issue number, whatever, first appearance of yeah. this person, th- they can help you find it. They can help you track it down. The, they may not have it actually sitting there. Uh, and it's a great store, and they're super friendly. Uh, James loves it. The last time we were there, uh, I picked up um, – uh, that's when I when I got uh, Death of the Family, uh, collect, you know, collected volume. And yeah. James, James picked up a Star Wars comic. He picked up some Teen Titans cool. Go – and the girl behind the counter was super cool, and she saw, you know, and James is like all nervous because he was actually going to be paying for this himself. So oh, he had awesome. his, you know, so he yeah. had his wallet and his money, and, and oh yeah, yeah. And so you know, he puts his books down, and she's you know looking through them, and she's scanning the barcodes, and she was so sweet, and she looked down, and she said, "I love Teen Titans Go." Awesome. You know, and his face just lit up and he asked her if she watched watches the cartoon on uh, Cartoon Network, I believe it's on. And uh, she's like, of course I do. And so they talked about who their favorite you know, character oh, cool. was. Yeah. Awesome. It makes such and, a difference, man. Like mm-hmm. that's what those are the moments that in his life. Right. Like those are those like little moments that he's going to think about when he goes back to these shops and yeah. wants to be into this kind of stuff. It's Absolutely. Not how you know, not maybe not necessarily how you think about him as his dad. But how he out out in the world outside of his family, how people react to this absolutely, stuff too. absolutely, right? that's to have, cool, dude. Yeah, to have this uh, very very nice girl at the store validate you know his purchase, and yeah, so man, that's rad. Yeah, so I had an I had an intent to go there last week. It is a bit of a drive from where I yeah. live, so I decided to go instead to a comic book store that has been around since my college years, and I'm not afraid yeah. to say it. It goes by the name of Greg's Comics. And Greg's Comics is definitely a members only joint. And, you know, yeah. And so, you know, I walk in there and you've got your collection of guys and they're, you know, playing grab, grab ace with everybody in there. And they all think that they know everything there is about everything to know about something about nothing that really ultimately nobody cares about. And so, (laughs) and so um, may have to rewind that just to hear that one more time. But that was worth saying. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, I, there, I had a couple of, of specific collected volumes that I was looking for. And, uh, you know, I don't uh, intimidate easy. I think you know yeah. that. Uh, I was intimidated in this place because I could tell wow. that, I, that I had walked into a, you know, collection of people in this store. That stinks. Who, yeah, who were hanging on everything uh, that the uh, owner slash cashier, uh, he could have been the owner, I don't know. Uh, was was hanging on and you know talking about oh he hates Marvel and DC is better than Marvel which I I would agree right now I think DC is writing better stories than Marvel uh, but that's not to say that Marvel isn't putting out some good content because they are you know and they're just hanging on every word and he's you know I was like oh I got out of this in 2005 because it just uh, man I started reading all the independent books and now I'm DC only and I'm like you know I'm out of here this is. <laughs> This is stupid. 
everyone in here is being stupid. And I left. And yeah, hey, I will say this. Greg's Comics has been in business for a long, long time. They clearly, clearly, clearly know how to run, manage, and make money off of a comic book store. And I'm not going to yeah. complete I'm not going to completely back the bus over them. They absolutely know how to run a comic book business and, and do sure. so successfully. Yeah, and good for them. my hat is off to you. Uh, continue to do so because we do need comic book stores. I I do not like the idea of comic books going as a digital only medium. Uh, it, it is an experience to pick up a book a comic book and read it. It is a, it is an experience. And while I do have digital comics, I don't get the same emotional attachment to it that I do as I'm, I'm holding up one right now, um, where yep. I can, where I can feel it, touch it, smell it and all that fun stuff. So yeah, my advice exactly would be exactly how you feel on that. I'm, yeah. And my advice would be Greg's comics. Yes. You have a, you know, core group of business that yeah. visits you weekly yeah. and spends, 45 bucks, 50 bucks, probably 100 bucks, sometimes 200 bucks. That's great. That's great. Sure. If you want to be that that smaller comic shop where you focus primarily on the books, you're not worried about all the other merch, the t-shirts, the toys, the the games, the cards, uh the coffee mugs and all that other stuff. That's sure. cool. That's cool. But just remember, gentlemen, just remember that there are people who are either new to comics coming yep. back to comics and you exist, you exist. You're there not just to make money. I, mm-hmm. I may be a Democrat, but I'm also a capitalist. All right. You're there to make money and that's good, but you're also there to, uh, embrace and welcome in the people who enjoy the medium that we enjoy. So that's, that's right. my advice to Greg, Greg's comics. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's still, I think it still comes from a place of wanting someone else to succeed and, you know, how you felt is still valid. And I guess instead of writing a review on a website, we get to have this medium to kind of say, Hey, like, this is the way I, this was my experience. And this is, this is where I'm at with it. I mean, it's yeah. super and, valid. And I want them to continue to be successful. I want to, when sure. I, when I, when I drive, you know, by, uh, Alma school and, uh, uh, Guadalupe there, um, I want to see Greg's comics up on the billboard. Yeah. I yeah. don't want that to go away because I think comic, having a physical comic book store is very, very important. Yeah. I would just encourage you guys be a little bit more warm, be a little bit more embracing of, you know, folks who walk into your store that may not be the usual, you know, suspects that come in every week. Sure. That's, I think that's understandable. I tell you, yeah. I, I, if I may, I had a few experiences myself. I went to, there's a few places here in Austin that um, are really neat. Uh, there's one place called Dragon's Lair, which um, essentially is the uh, epitome of of that second one that you mentioned. Like it's huge, yeah. It's bright. You've got rows of tables. Mega store. But it's huge. It's got all those uh, those little pop icon, you know, little mm-hmm. characters around yep. board game section. I've purchased a few board games from there. Um, a ton of comics and the staff is, is super nice and friendly and they're, they're, you know, I wouldn't say that they're walking around the aisles going, Hey, how can I help? Can I help you? They're not doing that. They don't have personal shoppers at uh, the comic book store. They're walking (laughs) you down the aisles. They're not doing that. But what I tell you, um, super friendly, super nice guys. Uh, and then the most recently, um, as, as we're starting to navigate more North, of Austin where we'll be moving and living in. Um, 
I've noticed a few. There's one, uh, there's a comic book shop called Titan Moon Comics. Um, and it's a little shop. And I, and I tell you, the experience I expected was your negative experience, was your bad experience. I expected to kind of walk in there and just, just kind of get ignored until they wanted to say something, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, well, we'll see what this guy picks up and then I'll talk to him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and which, so which from, yeah. from, the, from the music side, right, is something very similar that, yeah. you know, um, I visit a lot of used, you know, record stores and, and I yeah. buy a lot of my vinyl new or, or vinyl used is that yeah. you do have that worry. Um, I'm going to give a plug to Zia Records, by the way, where I went and bought some comic books. Yeah, that's right. After Greg's yeah. Comics and had a, and had an awesome experience there. But yeah, no, I, I totally hear what you're saying because I sometimes feel that way too. Is that am I going to get a critique from yeah. from the from the bonehead behind the counter right. yeah. over my personal taste? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Am I going to get that smirk? Am I going to get? I mean, I just I want to go in there and I, it's a positive experience to go in there. I want it to be a positive experience all the way through. I don't need anybody's judgment on what I want to buy and what I want to read. Um, but anyway, I went in there and I bought, that's when I purchased, um, I picked up the spawn volume one. Uh, and I mentioned that I've talked about that on Twitter a bunch yeah. and I picked up the, um, the red hood and the outlaws. Um, and the, from, from rebirth, right? DC from rebirth, rebirth the rebirth. Oh. So yeah, well, we may have to spend another episode on that and we don't have a ton of time. So, um, I'm, but not, I feel, I'm not feeling rebirth, man. I'm not feeling, I know. It. I'm, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. So we open, I open up the door and I, I had all those like preconceived notions walking in and I opened up the door and the first thing I heard was, Hey, yeah, welcome to Titan. Yeah. Cool. And I'm like, that's awesome. Dude, that's so cool. Like, I, it, you know, it's so stupid to think that's so cool. You would think that that would be the norm, but it's not the norm. And it's really awesome when stuff like that happens. And they were sitting at the table playing. I think they had some card games going and they were reading comics at the tables. And it's an alley kind of store, man. It's like, it's not very wide, but it goes, Mm -hmm. it's an alley kind of store, but tell you great experience, great experience with those guys. Um, and I, you know, I'll shout out all the, all day about it. Cause I, I was in there a long time, just kind of looking through a st- bunch of stuff and was approached maybe a couple of times, but man, I tell you, it was just really nice, a really nice experience. Yeah. That, that's, I love hearing that. And, you know, we, we live in an age right now that, uh, you know, a, the medium that we love is, is becoming, um, it, it, it's not the same as it yeah. was in terms of when I was younger and when you sure. were younger and, and we're not just talking about like buying a comic book digitally. Sure. And we're not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, sure. You know, all the all the great apps out there, Comixology and Marvel app and the yeah. DC app and being able to purchase comics, you know, directly from Amazon and directly yeah. from Apple. Th- that's awesome. That's awesome. And there have been times where I've been jonesing for a book. It, you yeah. know, it's, it's like that one in the morning purchase. You're like, oh, I really want to read this. Oh, well, I have my iPad in my hand. Well, look yeah. at that. I'm going to buy it right here. That that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but for those of us who still like to predominantly and on the majority, you know, hold a physical copy, we don't have to go to the comic book store anymore. No, you can go to places like Barnes and Noble. You can go to a little website. You guys may have heard of it's called Amazon.com. And in, in pretty <laughs> buy much these, buy the volumes. Yeah, you can buy. And you know what, Ryan, you can even buy individual issues now. Yes, you can. I they saw will, that. They will ship yeah. you individual issues. That's so rad. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the competition is out there. And, and that's why I think comic book stores who still kind of rely on the old method 
mm-hmm. of, of selling books, yeah. the tried and true, this is the way we've always done it. You know, you, you go in, if you're a new customer, you'll remember these days because I did it, you did it. Uh, you, you come in and you're like, hey, my name is, you know, John, and here's the list of books that I read on a weekly basis or monthly basis. Okay, I've got your list. When those come out, I bundle them up for you, and you come in and you buy them, right? And then you walk right. out with them. Yeah. So that's the old model. That's the old way, and it still is applicable today. Yeah. That being said, that's not how everybody is going to want to buy their comics. Yeah. And it may be the exciting character of Batman or the exciting character of a Harley Quinn that they see in Suicide Squad. And maybe they just want like a really cool T-shirt or they just want, yeah. oh, dude, I wonder if they've got like a coffee mug. I'd love to have a coffee sure. mug that has the Suicide Squad logo on there. I think that'd be so cool. I'm a coffee mug collector. I, I, yeah. I, I would love stuff like that. Yeah. So um, anyway, we, we don't want to keep going on this too long, but yeah. I, I just for, for some of the stores that just kind of rely on that old school this is the way we've always done it we will always do it it's uh <laughs> okay okay like i said man i mean there's i can you not you're not the only show in town and you're not the only show in the world and i and i yep. can get a lot of these books in a lot of different formats and a lot of different ways yep. so anyway anyway enough of that man but uh dude let's let's hear our headliner oh dude man i gotta tell you i have i talk about jones and man uh Image Comics. <laughs> Dude, seriously. I, oh, man. You know, um, I, I, I was... <laughs> You're going to... Yeah. I'll let you go. Because I have... I don't you know and what, I both have a ton to say, but... I don't know where to start because... Uh, okay. I image... Start. Well, <laughs> in, when I think of Image Comics, uh, yeah. I, I get real, real happy because mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of things, it... Uh, you know, I collected comics and read comics from about 13 to uh, 18, 19 yeah. years old. Well, about 13. Well, no, let's rewind a little bit. About 13 to 17. For four years, I mean, I was reading a lot of comics. Yeah. And spending a lot of money on comic books. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, graduated high school, had a girlfriend. Now, not saying because you got a girlfriend, you stop reading comic books. First girlfriend, you're kind of money starts to go a little in another direction. Yeah, you're spending money on other things. And and then, you know, going to college kind of had to pay for tuition and books. And so, you know, you start deciding it's like, okay, well, do I buy these textbooks for this class or do I go and get, you know, fifty dollars worth of Moon Knight and uh, you know, (laughs) Avengers. And the the comet. Yeah, and the comet, the comet. <laughs> that that one that, that one issue of the comet that I have to read because it's crossing over into like ninety different books. So uh, yeah, so I can get two panels of a storyline. Right. So uh, you know, so the comics you know kind of took a back seat, and it wasn't until uh, the death of Superman, yeah, and Image is what brought me back to comics, and it was a, a friend of mine named Brian uh, who Brian Sylvie who uh, was my fellow comic collector in, in mm-hmm. high school, and he had continued yeah. to collect into college. Wow. And so I remember him coming to visit. He was uh, going to uh, school in, in Baylor in Texas, and he yeah. was uh, he was home for uh, summer break, and, you know, he calls me up, and he's like, hey, you know, let's get together. So I go over to, you know, he was staying, obviously, with his parents, and head over to his house, and he's like, uh, he's like dude, he said, I'm going to head down to the comic book store. He said, I was like, all right, cool, let's go. And on the way there, he's, he's telling me about Image, yeah. And asked me if I'd heard of Image Comics. I'm like, dude, I don't know anything about it. And, you know, and he's talking about Todd McFarlane and Rob Leefield and Jim Lee. Now, I knew uh, Todd McFarlane. Right. Uh, from Spider-Man. Dude, that Spider-Man run, though. 
Yeah, I mean, great oh. Spider-Man run. I I knew Jim Lee uh, from X-Men, even though I wasn't reading on a consistent basis. I at least you know because I would still pop into a store every once in a while yeah. and just I would peruse and be like, um, and you know, at that point you're like, dude, I don't really have, I can't spend two bucks on a book right now because yeah, yeah. Got, I got to hey. I got to divert that money somewhere else. I got to go get tacos or something. <laughs> yeah, so you know, this is uh, around 1992, and you know, we go to. Uh, you know, we go to one of the one of the uh, two at that time. There were two Atomic Comics. We went to the one that was uh, in Mesa, and yeah. we go in there. And you know, he's picking up all his normal books. And there's a wire rack, and it's like image. And I go over there and I start looking at it, and I was immediately hooked. Wow. I bought I bought Young Blood number one. It was not a first printing. It was a second. I think. Well, I think my copy was maybe actually a third printing. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the first one just sold like gangbusters. Uh, yeah. I bought the, I think at that point, I think Spawn was three issues in. Okay. I think at that point, uh, Wildcats number one, which was the second printing, um, and, you know, took them home and read them. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah. And, 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 and then, um, you know, shortly after that, um, death of Superman, yeah. Um, you know, brought me back into reading comics on a on a very regular basis. Yeah, for sure. I guess we should, you know, probably mention how Image got started <laughs> in case people don't know. <laughs> well, I they think, may just, you know, they may just think of it as the place where the walking dead lives. And, well, it's and, kind of, that's and it. right now, you know, and right now that they they've been able to continue, I think, on the success of the walking dead. Um, yeah, I think it may have brought I know when I saw the walking dead out and I saw that that I in the top left hand corner, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh image. Like I remember thinking again about that when I saw the walking dead, you know, a couple of year, few years ago thinking, wow, man, that's, that is great. I, I, I remembered image and I started remembering spawn. And I think I shared this in the last episode too, of my introduction to, to image was the movie. Um, it was that oh, the, the spawn, movie movie. spawn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, uh, I actually, it was, it was really cheap on a, uh, on a, on a, on a, digital form not too long ago you, you, you did buy it oh yeah <laughs> like i think you texted me and i bought I it from i bought it from my phone i didn't i didn't even wait till i got home to do it i bought it right away um and i watched it i think the another the other night and Mon- money sandwich money, money well spent <laughs> whoop sandwich man that is that movie does not hold up it in any capacity <laughs> it does it, not hold up and that is you a, know that's a rotten egg man i think <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, CGI cape of his. Oh, oh God, no. man. You know, but to, to, to be honest with you, they did a lot of practical effects in that movie, a ton of practical effects uh, to get around some of that stuff. But with that CGI but still, cape. Yeah, it like oh. shot, it stands out so bad. But I remember, I, mean, I think my mom took me to that movie because um, uh, it was PG 13 when it released. Wow. And yeah, it is. It, it's, yeah. It, it, it was director's I, cut after, yeah, after that. It was yeah, rated R after there, that. Yeah, there's an R-rated cut somewhere. Yeah, now. and I think that's the only cut that you can really get right now is that R-rated cut. But um, it was PG-13 when it came out. And uh, I think, I think uh, to be honest with you, I don't think my mom knew what she was taking me to. <laughs> <laughs> I remember mom. going, yeah. and I think I think we left, and she was just like, I, I can't really remember any sort of like big conversation, but I can imagine a conversation with just like, okay, now we saw a lot of the devil there and 
you know, you know, and uh, yeah, we do. We have to we we have to but, have an entire episode where we break down that Spawn movie. Oh, we um, will. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time. I like it. I'm uh, not going to spend a ton of time. But that was my introduction. And so I mean, break that, it down and leave it broken down. By yeah, the time well, we're done with it's it. it's hard. It's already broken. But <laughs> they got your anyway. money. Hey, did yeah. Hey, uh, take it. I, I'm still okay with taking the, giving that money away. Um, but anyway, so I, I got into. I started paying attention to Spawn after that. I don't think I could. I don't think I brought any of the comics home. I think because of the movie, and if you know, it was like if they saw that comic book, like who knows what happened. Right? <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I think after that, and and most recently, uh, picking up the Volume One Origins and Volume Two that I'm going through currently. Um, man, I opened up and I think I shared this last time, but I opened up the the red hood, uh, and the outlaws and I read both of those. And then I opened up the spawn volume one and I tell you that spawn volume one can run circles around the brand new 2016 DC releases of rebirth. It can just run circles around it in both content art. It's just it, it, I don't know, man. Like it holds no candle. Um, yeah, I think we, uh, um, you know, for, for those, no, and, and I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, the, the, there were several things that, that image started that, you know, the, the big two Marvel and yep. DC were not doing. And, you know, you, you did have dark horse comics. Uh, yeah. you had valiant comics. We'll we'll talk some valiant at some point too. Valiant had some really cool books, but I mean, you know, in terms of like the, the, second tier or third tier yeah, sure. of comics. You, know, you had Dark Horse, you had uh, Valiant, you had Malibu, and then you had your like really independent stuff like 2000 AD, which yeah. uh, you know, uh, did Judge Dredd, and then you had Caliber Comics doing books like The Crow and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for those who may not be super familiar with how Image started, and we don't want to take anything for granted, and, and, and the point of talking about Image isn't all right, let's let's give you the history of Image Comics. We're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to talk about you know how it made us feel, mm-hmm. and in the impact that it did have on comic books, and how uh, it, it brought us to the image today. And we're going to get a, like a condensed version, as is most things associated with this show. We want you guys to kind of go out and discover a lot of cool stuff for yourself Absolutely. as well, too. Yeah. Right. So the so what had happened is uh, you had a collection of artists. And writers, some were artists and thought they were writers, uh, from Marvel. Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Will Sportatio, Mark Silvestri, Eric Larson, Jim Valentino, and Rob Leefield. All right. of those had worked at some point for DC, and at that point, they had all worked for Marvel. Yeah. Uh, McFarlane had, done, uh, had been working on Spider-Man. Eric Larson had done Spider-Man. Jim Lee was the penciler for X-Men, not Uncanny X-Men, but X-Men. But X-Men, yeah. And the uh, Mutant Genesis, I believe, was yes. that series start. Yeah. Yes. And almost he, bought almost bought that today. And he is the <laughs> one who um, gave Psylocke her, her, I almost called her whore, good grief, <laughs> Freudian slip, um, gave Psylocke her 
the iconic look that she has now. Right. And you and I were talking about this. It's where she's, um, well, I mean, let's be honest. He drew her very sexualized and sure. she has, she has her side blade, you know, lit up on her hand and she's kind of got that. I'm looking over my shoulder while you look at my butt. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and, and that became like the standard, like every picture you would see of Psylocke after that, that was her. Yeah. And every artist that has followed Jim Lee, has done that version of Psylocke to the point yep. that Olivia Munn stood like that at one point in yep. X-Men Apocalypse because you expect it. Yeah. Uh, he did amazing work on, on X-Men and uh, you had Mark Silvestri who did some X-Men, but primarily did Wolverine. Wolverine. For Mar- we're talking for Marvel specifically. Yeah. For Wolverine. Did, yeah. did Wolverine. He did do a little work for uh, X-Men here and there, but pretty much for Wolverine. Uh, Rob Leefield, who did New Mutants, uh, X-Force created Cable and Deadpool. And then you had Jim Valentino who worked on uh, yeah. some books here and there and Wells Portacio yeah. as well, too. So really the, the biggest rub was um, these guys had created a lot of new characters for Marvel. Right. Uh, they, they were shaking things up. Todd, you know, created uh, Venom for Marvel. Yeah. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we said, you know, Jim Lee reimagined and redesigned, you know, uh, Psylocke, redesigned yeah. Rogue. Uh, yeah. redesigned Jean Grey, uh, gave Cyclops the look without the stupid, you know, uh, hood yeah, or whatever hood, over, his thing head. over his head. And I, and, and, yeah. and I don't want to in- completely interrupt you here, but no, please do. It, it's important to know, um, the, the history behind that too, with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, man, you know, Stan Lee isn't, wasn't always the mogul he w- is today. No. And, you know, and Jack Kirby Oh, you and know, we should we should rest say Stan, in peace. By the way, well, Stanley has taken some credit for some characters that he did not create. You know, we'll get there the for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like there's that. But Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby, um, who created uh, the X Men, mm-hmm. um, worked <laughs> his worked his fingers to death until the day he died. He did not get uh, a, a big retirement nope. package from Marvel. Nope. Um, for creating all of these iconic characters that may, that we have multi-million dollar movies in a all, franchise yeah, of And all the now. merchandise, the merchandise, not just, just from the, the books. 90, I mean, just from yeah. when he was alive, yeah. he was getting nothing for any of that. I not think they gave the him like 20 bucks to buy the characters off of him and then ran those, ran with those <laughs> stories yep. for decades. And they still do. And I'm not saying this to, to completely bash on, on Marvel's decision-making and DC's decision-making because they both did it. But I tell you, that's what, when Todd McFarlane uh, talks about this, he's saying that these are the moments when I watch Jack Kirby work till he died and I'm watching Stan Lee get completely messed over by all of his, his stuff that he did create and legitimately created, mm-hmm. um, that he did a lot of work. He goes, I'm looking at that and I'm going, this is wrong. I, I'm not into this. I can't stand this. And it was a, it was a, and it was a, a company that he was then playing into. And I, and, and, you know, that was, that was kind of the, that's when you think about the start of image, that was the start of image. He's saying, yeah. I don't want, and you mentioned they created a ton of characters and guess what, man, they are lost to the Marvel publishing rights. Todd McFarlane has no rights to Venom. No, they, they were instantly lost to Marvel. Now to, to play a little bit of devil's advocate. I'm, I'm going to be on your side on this too. I'm, I'm going to sure. play some, they, they all signed a contract. Yes, sir. They did. They, they all signed a contract. Yep. And, and they were okay with it at the time. Cause that month, that paycheck was yep. a paycheck. 
Yep. Uh, so while we while we you know definitely applaud these men for for standing yep. up for creative license and, right. and creative yeah. content, uh, you you signed a contract. You agreed, and, man. Yeah, you agreed, and then you went forth and created uh, some extremely iconic characters that have that exist today. Now, that being said. Could contracts have been possibly renegotiated, things like that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But why, I, why was yeah. Marvel interested in doing that? They were, yeah. you know, the big boys at that point, like you're just, you're printing money and they're printing money mm. now off their movies. You're printing money back then off comic books by yeah. just going, you know what, dude? No, if you want to draw it, draw it. If you don't want to draw it, guess what? I have about 30 young kids that are really excited about drawing the next X-Men comic book. And, and that's the thing too, is that, you know, when you have... Um, you know, two huge conglomerates yeah. in, in Marvel and DC. Yeah, uh, they can they can weather a storm. Yeah, uh, of and so you know there was this mass exodus. All of these guys up and go. Yep. And uh, you know I like Todd McFarlane a lot. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily fully believe that they didn't that they then instantly marched across the street to DC to announce what they were doing because I don't think any of them worked for DC at the I think time. Jim, Jim, didn't Jim Lee work for DC right before the the Yeah, image well split? yeah yeah Jim Lee has been well no Jim Lee was still working for Marvel at the Oh he time. was okay yeah, I, I, I didn't know if I, I remember I, right. he was back and forth so much so Yeah well he he did a lot of work for for DC and so yeah. these guys uh they they leave and yep, they do they they go and they start their own uh, imprint, uh, which becomes known as image comics. And, um, you know, Marvel took a huge hit, you know, their, their stock fell and, and it, it shaked up the industry. And yeah. all of a sudden these guys, you know, for lack of a better term, did kind of become, you know, rock stars and, and, Go ahead. And I think it's it's important to know the reason why they left, right, was for creative control. Yes. And that's how image is set up. And I think that's really important to note is to see how image is set up is image is set up as a is a is a big umbrella. And these comic book companies come in or these creators come in and they actually are responsible for creating their own company that they design all of their artwork underneath. Yeah. Um you had Lee Field with Extreme. Um, what Silvestri with uh, cow something top, top cow, cow. Top cow. Um, and so anyway and, and there's they they all had their own and, and what well, uh, who was Jim Lee's they he gave it up to DC Wildstorm Wildstorm um, so they they were responsible for creating their own um, creative rights and creative licenses while they brought it into image yeah. and under and worked underneath the hood of image and I think that's really cool because that gives them that gives you the notice to go this is your creation. This well, is your character. You get to keep the rights to this character and image will be able to release these comic books that you release to image essentially. That, that is, that definitely uh, describes the current image image yeah. in its infancy had essentially two. Um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for Two two provisions, I guess. Yeah. I guess you can say that is that uh, image does not own the the creative work right image does okay. not do that yeah and that image would not interfere um exactly creative financially storyline wise which did not happen and uh and ha and started to happen very very quickly 
Yeah. Okay, now we'll get we'll get to that because the the story of image it, for me is very nostalgic. And so I'm sitting here right now. I've got Young Blood number 2. It's a first printing. And this what you picked up at Zia Records. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you know, and it's, you know, it's Rob Lee feel and it's big splash pages and people with little feet and big thighs and protruding chests. <laughs> you know, uh typical Rob Lee field art. And so uh when these guys all got together and they started to produce their books, they they were and, and Youngblood was was actually, you know, uh, an intellectual property that Rob Leefield already had um, before, yeah. you know, he he worked with Image and Malibu Comics was the first distributor of Image books. They published and them and, and they published them. them. Yeah. And yeah. Image, you know, did a lot of things that um, uh, that was considered very revolutionary. They didn't really rely on a lot of panels. It was, you know, big splash pages, larger than life characters. Uh, they were one of the first companies to use computer generated inking and coloring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why even to this day, like I said, you know, I got this Young Blood comic right here. You know, it came out 1993. Um, you know, it, it's on it's not on glossy paper. It's on traditional comic book paper. And, you know, this isn't a video podcast. So, I'm, you know. You open it up, and it, it's it's bright, it's vibrant, and yeah. and, it, and it immediately catches your eye. And looked a lot like X Force, and <laughs> it looked a lot like <laughs> New Mutants. And Weirdly enough, yeah, and the characters you know look like Cable, and they look like Deadpool, and they look like Wolverine. And so, you know, and then you had you know uh, McFarlane with Spawn, uh, Jim Valentino with Shadowhawk, Wildcats from Jim Lee, Cyberforce from Mark Silvestri. These books hit. Don't forget about Savage Dragon from Eric Larson. No, I'm, no, I'm not going to forget about <laughs> Savage Dragon. Uh, but Savage Dragon wasn't. It, it, it he his stuff wasn't out as quickly as as the no. other ones. Yeah. And so these books all hit comic book stores and immediately sold out. Immediately. There were lines. There were lines around blocks to get Young Blood. Yeah. If you have a a in in surprisingly. Um, those books have, they don't hold the same value that they did then. But <laughs> if you have mint copies of Spawn number one, Youngblood number one, Wildcats yep. number one, uh, first printing, you know, they, they can get you, you know, a couple of bucks, um, yeah. depending on who's, you know, again, comic book pricing is a hundred percent subjective and it's all a matter of what someone's <laughs> yeah. willing to pay. It always is. Yeah. Yeah. And so. You know, you had these different production companies. You had Todd McFarlane Productions, Wildstorm, which was Jim Lee, Highbrow with Eric Larson, uh, Shadowline, uh, which was Valentino, Top Cow was Sylvester, and Extreme was Rob Leefield. And so, well, I think the Extreme, yeah, those are more 90s name. Um, he drank a lot of Mountain Dew, I'm, I'm assuming, and ate Doritos while he extreme. drew his Extreme Cheesy Doritos. So, Sorry. You, you know, well, you know, they, you know, and these books did, you know, cross over with each other. And there was, sure. you know, at times, is there like this overall arching image universe? Do these guys all exist together? Or, um, you know, uh, when Shadowhawk and Spawn show up together, is yeah. the Spawn that's in the Shadowhawk book, is that a different Spawn than what exists in Spawn itself? And so they just kind of left that up to, you know, the readers to kind of decide. And it was very cool and it was new and it was fresh and it was exciting. And uh, I I get such a flood of nostalgia when I think of Image Comics until I go back and I read an Image comic other than Savage Dragon and Spawn. Um, Now, Savage Dragon, nobody expected that to be the the big hit. I tell you, that, I, it, that it ended up being, and is now when we when you talk about modern day image, 
the, the peanut butter, the jelly, and the bread mm-hmm. of the modern day image is Spawn, Savage Dragon, and Walking Dead. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, if the if those are the books, uh, uh, High Tide or what is that? What's it saying? High Tide raises all ships. That uh, those three books carry Image Comics, and that's fine. And that's fine. Yeah, I tell the, you, I, the, I I started reading. I know I had you recommended it to me. You said, "Hey," and I said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna go get a Spawn comic." And you're like, "That's awesome," and we'll talk about it. And then and then you said, "Hey, while you're there, get Savage Dragon." And yeah. I didn't see it while I was there. And I was, you know, and in my own head, I'm like, "Man, I don't know." Like Savage Dragon is kind of a weird duck. Kind it of is, weird it, looking it, character. It, it, well, it's a weird book too. At it's, first, it's li- at first it's a glance, off. it does not look like it's going to be in any way of like really neat or cool or interesting. And so I got it digitally, and I swiped through the few first page, and it was black and white. And I'm just like, oh man, like <laughs> it's black and white. And I don't really want. I don't even know if I want to read this or not. I tell you, I was sucked in from the first few comic book panels. It black and white comic, Savage Dragon. And it's not black and white either. The first printing, those were all color. I don't know why. I don't know what I got. Bl- no, I don't know why. The, yeah, I don't know why the collected volumes are black and white. But anyway, but it is still they, fantastic. They were all, yeah. Oh, it's a great story. But yeah, it they were all still fantastic. All mm-hmm. Even still. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. Very good stuff. So, you know, these books were, were intensely popular. Yeah. And I mean, you had, you know, Rob Leefield going on late night talk shows. Well, you, what, a, what a change yeah. of pace! What a show yeah. of, of the times! Yeah, I mean Dennis um, uh, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller had Rob Liefeld on, and you're thinking, and I'm looking at, I'm watching this, I'm watching this video, and you can find it online. It's also in their documentary um, for how Image kind of got its start. But you're watching this thing, and you're like, what in the world is happening in the '90s to have yeah. a comic book artist walk on to a Dennis Miller show? Yeah, Dennis Miller show, and everyone knows who he is. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen now. Like, well, a, Conan it, could get away with it. Yeah, but. I was gonna say Conan O'Brien can get away with it, but because of the certain demographic that he has chosen to sure. go after. But yeah, I mean, even still, I think it would be a stretch. But yeah, you, you man, probably won't what a see cool time. Yeah, totally, totally, and, and you're probably not gonna see Jeff Johns. You know. Um, uh, sitting in on on uh, Fallon, yeah, right? on whole Fallon, yeah. But he should be because he's one of the best writers out right now. So um, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, where I feel Image started to go off the rails because there, as any, you're going to have any yeah. new company, right? And yeah. you're going to get some really great content. And and when we say guys, if if you weren't alive during this period. Or you were just, you know, a wee lad. Or not even interested or just kind or of not let even it pass interested. You um let, let me tell you that it it was it, it was a, a such a, a great time to be a comic book fan because of image comics. Yeah. And it also it also spurred a lot of interest in the books where these guys came from because now all of a sudden back issues of Spider Man and X Men and X Force right. and New Mutants and Wolverine exactly. and Guardians of the Galaxy and Uncanny X Men who Will Spertacio wrote for all of a sudden started to climb 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 in value the value of all these number one Spawn number one Youngblood number one Wildcats number one started to climb 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 and then. We had, and you and I talked about this before we started recording, a phenomenon that happened in the 90s called the special edition cover. <laughs> now, I've got one right here. Well, okay. Death, uh, Bo- you, uh, Death yeah. Blow number one, black embossed 
foil cover. So mm. pretty. Oh, so yeah. sexy. It just sits there on that comic book shelf going, buy me. Buy me. I'm thin in story and character development, but you want me. <laughs> but you need this to be on I'm your Im- shelf. Yes, I'm an embossed, die-cut foil cover, and I will be your retirement fund. <laughs> the lies it told. It told horrible, horrible lies. Now, I've got Death Blow number one, which is a black embossed foil cover and it does look cool and it's held up yeah, pretty it's well. cool it's yeah. held up pretty well but marvel started doing it dc started doing it and image flipping loved this stuff shadow every issue of shadow hawk was a die cut foil cut embossed reflective you know trading card included on the inside poly bagged <laughs> you know like good lord you know but make the, sure you buy. Make sure you buy two because you're going to want to keep one bag because it's going to be so valuable. And right? not only do you want to buy that one, you've got to get the alternative issue. You got to get the alternative cover too. The newsstand issue, yeah, right? The other the one, one you can. The one you can read. The other one you bag up and hopefully, like you said, you can retire off of it. Right. And Image loved these. They loved them. Uh, Shadowhawk, Deathblow, Supreme, Wildstar. Uh, Savage Dragon even had a couple of them. Yeah, I'm sure they did. They all did. Yeah. Yeah. And the goal was this because, you know, if it's shiny and it's pretty, people are going to buy it. Yeah. And it and it gives the impression like, well, this is important. This is yeah. important. This is an important yeah. issue. You're going to want it. You're going to want it. You're going to want to buy it. You're going to want to buy it. You're going to want to buy it. And so comic book stores would order, you know, a ton of copies of, of this issue because it's going to have a variant cover or it's right. going to have a, a special edition cover. It's going to have a, a foil cover or whatever. Yep. Or it's going to be polybagged or whatever. So you had all of a sudden all of these new books coming out. Yeah. You had Supreme, Prophet. Uh, you had uh, uh, Stormwatch, Wetworks, which took forever and a day to come out. Because now here's what happened. That's what I really wanted to talk about. Yeah. And here's was, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to throw something on that. I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Is one of the things that McFarlane and some of the, the movies that were that we're referring referencing is called um, uh, Image Revolution. Yep, check it out; it's really good. We've both seen it. Is that McFarlane very you know pompous you know little ego says, "Well, we were tired of having a suit. Tell us what to do." Well, sometimes, gentlemen, you need to have a jerk in a suit telling you you need to get your book out. And what really started hurting image and, and, and it affected me as a, as a fan, as a consumer yep. is you had your consistent books. Yeah. Spawn was consistent. Savage yep. Dragon was consistent. Yep. Youngblood was consistent. Wildcats was consistent, but you had all these other great Cyberforce was consistent at least for a while, but you had all these other books that allegedly were going to be coming out. Wetworks, which was supposed to be available when Image launched, right, didn't come out until months after Image was in stores. Yeah, and then they were able to uh, get Dale Keown from Marvel, who drew some of the best Incredible Hulk stories. Yeah, he he created a book called Pit, which was literally months late, months, yeah. not weeks, yeah, months, exactly. And yeah. and I remember going to Atomic Comic, and it, it was it was getting to the point. That they would actually have a sign into they're not outside because they still wanted you coming in. <laughs> they didn't put it outside, but they had a sign inside saying image books delayed. 
not Marvel books delayed, not DC books delayed, not Dark Horse books delayed, Image books delayed, Shadowhawk, Pit, Wetworks, dun, bump, 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 and on and on you would go. And you're like, crap. Not that's, yet. And, yeah, and that's the, that's the, that's the big that's rub where, of it. That's you where you need at, that publisher. That's when you need that publisher. When you, when you look at why, why Image was started, you look at all these guys who, who walked into this building saying, we have this dream, we have this amazing vision, and they really do because if you pick up, like I said, we talked about it before, if you pick up um, uh, Youngblood, if you pick up Savage Dragon, if you pick up Spawn, you pick up Wildcats, you just look at the flip through and you start looking through the artwork, it is some of the most amazing artwork that you'll see in a comic book. It still jumps off the page, man. It's hard to top it now. It's hard to top it now. I'm looking but at this death blow, Ryan. I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I hate to cut you out, but I'm looking at this death blow, and dude, this is what 1993. It it still is just like holy moly. It's like Jim Lee's tribute to Frank Miller art. Yeah, and it it's, is amazing. It is amazing. I'm re going through that volume one spawn. Just seeing these two page spreads of of artwork just spread yeah. across two pages, and it's just one panel essentially. Yeah, over two pages, and and that's. Marvel and DC weren't liking that and that's why this happened. But when you've got a bunch of guys who have this kind of vision, you said it, you need somebody keeping the the ship running. You need somebody going, Hey, where is this comic? Where is your issue? You need to be working on your issue. And, and Todd wasn't doing that. You know, he wasn't taking the reins then to do that. He was working on his own stuff. Everybody had their own book. And that was the deal was everyone would have one book and be able to only work on their one book. And then, then they started to have two books and then they started to have three yep. books and then they started to have four books. And that's when you start to see everything just start to miss their marks. And then you, okay, well we're missing our marks, but we'll put out these foil cuts. We'll put out those die cuts. We'll put out these special editions and, but we'll still miss our marks. And guess what, man, once you start flooding, once you flooded the market, once you put all your stuff out there, once you put your special editions out there, once you flooded the market, once you put your special editions out there, and then you're late to everything else, guess what you've done to comic books? Guess what you've done to yourself? And that's what happened in 93, is you see everything had built up to this, and then the wall just comes crumbling down. Yep. I mean, it's well said. It's well said. And as much as we, we applaud Image, and we're still fans of Image today. I, I read The Walking Dead. That's an Image book, and I love it. Image was such a great concept. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm so excited that they still exist today. I couldn't be more thrilled yeah. that who and, is underneath their tenure now. Absolutely. You know, Eric and, Larson just, just did a Spawn run. He's finishing up yep. his Spawn run right now. And he, he had an amazing run with Spawn. And the image that exists today isn't the same as the image from the early 90s. The majority of their books are not superhero books. They're, story they're books. just They're storybooks. What many would consider, you know, oh, weird indie books. Well, some of them, let's be honest, yeah. some of them are kind of weird out there indie books. But, you know, I think what, what the couple things that, that, that you hit on that I'm going to expand out a little bit is yeah. it, it was a... I think it, it got to a point where it was a disrespect of your fans yep. because of all the excitement over these, these few first issues that came out. They just assume, well, they're going to stick with us. Yeah, we got them now. We got, not we going got them anywhere. now. 
They're not going and something, Yeah. And something that they failed, I think, to forget is that Marvel and DC have this, this thing that's referred to as large pockets mm-hmm. and established characters. An image oh, at, at one point overtook DC. Briefly, yeah, yeah right Briefly. when the right when they uh, when they boomed, right when Youngblood's uh-huh. one was out and their big and, launch, and, they and, the, and DC, DC was number three. And DC was a little bit of a struggling company in the early '90s. A lot of their books had gotten stale. They, in terms of like artwork, they they didn't have an answer to guys like McFarlane and Lee and Leefield. Even though at one point Leefield and Lee did work for DC, uh, they they had gone to Marvel. And so uh, what's an interesting thing, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out Rob Liefeld a little bit. I, I, I disagree with something that he said. In the movie, he said, Image is the one who killed Superman. Uh, and broke and, Batman's back. And broke Batman's back. Um, right. I'm going to politely disagree with the first part of that. The death of Superman was actually something that had been talked about yeah. and had been brewed about for a couple of years. While Superman is... Literally, he's known worldwide. You know, you throw that Superman S up, people know what that is. He that was a struggling book in the in the eighties yeah. and the nineties. It was a struggling book. It was a mm-hmm. struggling property. And DC had had been looking at it, it's like, well, what can we do to get this book on the same level that people talk about X Men and because it's still at this point X Men ruled the flipping roost. Yeah, and the, I mean and they the late eighties, early nineties, everywhere, yeah. man. X Men was everywhere, and you know they said, how can we get you know Superman back to where people are like you know on the same level as X Men, right? And so the death of Superman was actually something had, that had been worked on and talked about. And how can we do this now? Image very well could have caused that to speed up a little bit. I can't imagine that that was like an like someone walked into the room, looked at the sales numbers, and the sales guy goes, "Okay, guys, I think we should kill Superman." Like yeah. I, it really like yeah. no, uh, you know. Uh, man, I just yeah. I, I don't buy it, it but no, uh, it, you know, and you shouldn't buy it because it's a lousy sale. I mean, I'm not I'm not buying Rob Leefield. It is very well known that DC was had been throwing yeah. this idea around. Now, could you say that, uh, you know, image broke Batman's back? Maybe possibly. But you can, but you can also say Superman dying broke could Batman's broke, back. Yeah. Superman dying could have broke Batman's back. That's Be- another property you want to like, okay, mm-hmm. Superman now is back on top. Let's get Batman there too. Mm-hmm. And guess what? After Superman dies, after Batman gets his bat broken and after DC is consistent in giving people their comic books and, and yeah, and reworked like everything. They, they, they started going to splash pages. They, you know, all of a sudden Batman's not, there's no more yellow in his suit. It's right. dark. It's it black, complete dark. Superman then, isn't isn't yeah. quite the Boy Scout that he was before he died. He's a little bit more, you know, he, he gets a little little ornery from yep. time to time. And that's when you see when when DC gets their their stuff together. Essentially, DC started going dark at that point. That's well, yeah, when their books started getting the, darker. Yeah. yeah. And when DC got their stuff together and they really started saying, OK, let's give let's pay attention to the artwork. The guy, the company man, who I guess is kind of called in the movie, he's a company man. Yeah. He's happy where he's at. Jim Lee, man, is happy to go back to he, to DC. He, he sells Wildstorm Productions to DC. Yeah, he goes he goes right back in, and now Wildstorm has continuity inside of the New Fifty Two, and yep, uh, which is really cool. But I, it's something to say about you know, while McFarlane is your is your ringleader, 
in that group. And I know we're kind of talking, they are more celebrity, but McFarlane was your ringleader. McFarlane was the guy who get this thing going, who lit the fire, who got everybody talking. Um, when it came down to delivery and a couple years later, you know, Jim Lee saying, you know what? I think, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm good to go back. Well, Todd McFarlane had the benefit, and, and this is not to say that Jim Lee is not an intelligent man, okay? So don't, <laughs> no. nobody, nobody read into what I'm about to say, okay? Because you will not find a, a bigger Jim Lee fan than myself. As an adolescent boy, I really like looking at Jim Lee's X-Men, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, as a 43-year-old man, I still like looking at a Jim Lee-drawn Psylocke. I'm sorry, I'm not going to lie. Uh, he knows how to draw the female form. <laughs> Uh, he is an amazing artist. He's an Todd amazing McFar- artist. He is. And and Todd McFarlane is an amazing artist and he's an amazing mm-hmm. writer. Absolutely. He's also a, a businessman. Yep. And and knows how to conduct an overall business. Yep. Jim Lee was not the best writer. He yep. was not the and I love Wildcats. That is probably my favorite image book because of Jim Lee's art. Yeah. But there is just something about that book that just I mean, it just like pulled me in and and I'm a fan of those characters today. And that's why I'm so pumped that, you know, I can now see grifter alongside Batman right. in DC. Uh, Cause grifter is such an amazingly cool yeah. character. Well, you had Chris uh, and, and even in the X-Men like series, you had Chris uh-huh. Claremont who yes. was writing and while Jim yes. Lee was illustrating. Yeah. So Jim Lee contributed a little bit and that's mo- that's all Jim Lee's artwork and it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Jim well, Lee was, was your the, was your drawer. He, and he, he was the your outstanding anchor, your the, the outstanding Chris Claremont writing your books is uh you know that that doesn't hurt either. <laughs> kidding? So uh yeah, so you know Jim Lee, I think, you know, if I if I were to give my two cents on Jim Lee uh in terms of image, it it at least appears as an outsider and as a super fan of Jim Lee that he just wanted to draw really great books. I think that I'm with you 100% on that. I feels like he, he wanted just, to draw great books. Well, I just want to go draw, guys. Like I just want to draw. Yeah. <laughs> and in his his work in Batman and yeah. New 52 is outstanding. Yep. Outstanding. Yeah. Uh brought a new look to Batgirl as well too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, gave yeah. gave her yeah, and well, surprisingly Catwoman, enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and I think that's, you know, so I think there, I don't know if there's animosity at, at you know, at yeah. image towards Jim Lee because he, he did go back to quote unquote, the big two yeah, corporate and he, right? and yeah, and he sold Wildstorm productions sure. and he probably also saw, it's like, you know, if these characters that I have spent a lot of time creating and a lot of time drawing, yeah, I want them to continue and I want yeah. them to live on. And DC took those characters and Deathblow and Grifter and Zealot and Maul, yeah. they all, you know, for a while it was the Wildstorm universe existed, you know, in the DC overall universe, but they did not interact with, you know, the Justice League and Flash sure. and yeah. Superman and, and, kind and of the two, game. There were still two, two separate universes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously Flashpoint, you know, uh, brings all those together. Sure. And, yeah. uh, and now in the new 52 and even in Rebirth. It's cool you got, have canon to bring that stuff in too. Yeah. Like and right. so... So is a is a longtime image fan and yeah. is a Wildcat super fan. I love the fact that I can open up a DC book and I can see those characters that I loved from Wildcats mm-hmm. and Image continue yeah. to exist. Now they didn't there even though there were at times mention in those early image books and Wildcats to other image characters that 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 continuity is gone. DC does right. not have the oh, rights sure. to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, but to to see, you know, um, I just watched the Flashpoint uh, animated the other night on Netflix. Yeah, you know, to see Zealot fighting alongside the Am. Now Zealot did not play a part in the Flashpoint book, but in the uh, animated, yeah. she fought. She fought alongside the Amazons, and yeah. she is she Zealot is not an Amazon. Uh, we're not going to go into that, but um, she's the product of alien technology and metahuman stuff. But. Uh, that was very cool, yeah, you know, to see Zealot cool. fighting alongside the Amazons. And so I was like, man, I, this is so great that, that, you know, for me personally, my favorite image book uh, continues to live in, mm-hmm. in, in what is currently my favorite publishing company, which is DC, sure. uh, continuing to live in that. And so yeah. that is very cool. One thing we do need to mention, though, um, is, you know, the second provision that Image had, we, you know, you will not interfere <laughs> with other books. Um, did not happen. Yeah. And and that also contributed to Image becoming a fringe player for a long, long time. Well, I'm going to let you speak yeah. a little bit about that. Some of that animosity from um, Extreme Studios. Well, that's the split, right? Like, so after yep. after 93, um, after... It's just after after the fall, I guess. Yeah, and we, you know we can it, we can dedicate an entire show when we talk about the fall of '93. Let's give listeners a little bit of a snippet if they if they're not familiar with what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and you know, in in 1993, the comic book industry collapsed. I mean, it just imploded yeah, for left, an, yeah. for a number of reasons. Um, image being one of them. Uh, the the hard to find you know comics like Action Comics uh, number one, Detective Comics number two, first appearances of Superman and Batman, first appearances of uh, you know Spider Man, you know books like that that just skyrocketed in price. I mean like astronomically in price yeah. and artificially bloated pricing. As much as DC, <laughs> Superman number seven or Superman uh, number seventy five, the death of Superman. Yeah. It's not a hard book to find. Nope, not at all. You you can find it polybagged with the bleeding Superman cover, um, all the, the trading card on the inside, the tombstone cover, and all of that yeah. for any anywhere between fifteen to twenty five dollars. Yep. And, and that's actually that's a pretty reasonable price for that book, uh, sealed. I would say sealed. That's a reasonable price. But they they promote it as like, oh my god, it's this hard to find book. It's this hard to find right, book. Right, right. And I remember going into my my personal favorite comic store. Uh, which I went to two. I went to Atomics and Tom's. Dude, Atomic, you know, within the first two weeks of the death of Superman, had a black polybagged version of yep. Superman number seventy-five for five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's insane. That book yeah. was not worth five hundred dollars. No, right. So when we talk about the the collapse of the comic book industry, that's that's what we're talking about. And, and Image played but they a were big everywhere. part of that. And that was the other thing. Yeah. It, it wasn't a hard comic book. Even the five hundred dollar one, like. It wasn't like you would have to go searching and searching and searching nope. for it. They were putting this $500 comic book in every single comic book store that you would walk into. Because it was subjective price. They exactly. Had their, and, and, and let's be clear, it was first printing. The polybagged editions were first print only. Yeah. Uh, I wish I still had mine. I, I opened mine. I, I still I still rue that day. I would love to have a sealed, you know, black uh, Superman number 75. Yeah. But it, it is an it was an artificially bloated price. And it really, folks, I mean, we're, we don't price comics on this show. But if you if you have one and you paid more than 25 for it, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have paid more than 25. <laughs> yeah. For but that, that was book. the deal at the time. Yeah. I mean, that was the price at the time. That was the deal. Um, and like you said it artificially bloated price and people started mm-hmm. to figure it out. And when you have too much of those things that, you know, value, there's no value. You have $500 stamp on the back of it, but the value of that 
is just as easy to go find next door. And when it simply has the image I on it, and it's a number one book. Yeah. And I think a really good example of that is Rob Leefield's Supreme. Right. No, excuse me, uh, Prophet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Prophet was introduced in Youngblood number two. Um, and then all of a sudden he has his own book. Wow. He just introduced yeah. in Youngblood number two. Now he's got his own monthly book. Aren't you ready? Go get it. It's going to be awesome. Yay. Yeah. Number one. And, ready. Yeah. Yeah. Number one. Here we go. And, you know, make sure, you know, comic shops, you know, Diamond Comic Distributor. Hey, make sure you get your copies. Make sure you get your copies. 500 copies. You're going to need 500 copies. Nobody read. Nobody read Prophet number one in the droves that they read Youngblood number one because it sucked. All right. I'm going to call it out. It sucked. He was a terrible character. And I think part of the problem is, too, and I'll I'll let you get back to your point because I'm I'm afraid I'll forget this because I got so much stuff running through my head, is that they other than Eric Larson, other than Todd McFarlane. Yeah. A lot of these guys did not take their time to develop the characters. Right. And they were interested in getting out another book and another book and a spinoff book. Oh, now I got this hot artist under Extreme or this hot artist under Wildstorm. Let's get a book. Let's get a book. Let's get a book. Where it's like, whoa. I'm convinced to this day, Ryan, that had Rob Leefield not got so excited about getting out Supreme and Profit and then uh, a spinoff of Youngblood when you're only like eight eight issues in and you're already giving us another Youngblood that had they taken his time, developed the characters, given us origin stories, given us development, that when you talk about team-based superhero comics, Youngblood would be in the same conversation as X-Men, Avengers, We could have a Youngblood movie. <laughs> Youngblood. I'm convinced of it. Yeah. Because it that, was that yeah. popular. But again, but, that's that goes back to that moment, right? That goes yep. back to those moments in time where they didn't have the jerk in the suit. They didn't have... Nope. No one was holding the reins to go, hey... You know, great. Let's. I, I understand that you're really excited about profit. That's really exciting. How about let's work on the fourth issue of Young Blood first, and then we'll we'll get yeah. there. Like it's okay. Like we can get there. Yeah. Let's let's curate this stuff. That's what Marvel and DC did back in the day. They were creating these characters and then curating these characters to mm-hmm. be exactly what they are today. Um, and you didn't have that at the start. You had a a rush to the finish line with image or some of the guys in image to just go, man, I just yeah, want to get all this. Of them. Not, not all, all of them, them. but yeah. you had some of these guys just rushing to the end of the game going, I want to create as much as I can um, before. I, I, I don't know before it all goes under, I guess, or before I'm done, I just need to get these stuff. I just need to get this stuff out there. I've got all these great ideas. These great yeah. ideas, these great well, ideas. I got to get it out. I got to get it out. Yeah. And it's, it's not. And mm-hmm. I tell you, that's the 93 bust, you know, all this stuff builds to that, right? Yep. And then you had all well, of and, and Marvel and Marvel and DC were just as guilty. Yeah, because no, they Mar- were exactly Mar- Marvel, right. Yeah. yeah, Marvel was putting and to compete with Image. Okay. Yeah. To compete with Image, Marvel and DC were putting out variant covers and yeah. foil covers and that, and I did I remember specifically the the reign of the when the reign of the Superman started because yeah. you had you had the death of Superman followed up by the funeral for a friend and then it then went. Reign of the Superman when you had the four Superman, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You had uh, uh, Steel. Well, he ended, ended up becoming Steel, but you had the Eradicator, Steel, Cyborg, Superman, and Superboy. That which one's the real Superman? Which one? None right. of them. Durr. No. Uh, <laughs> but each one had their own separate die cut cover. Each one. Yeah. Right. And so DC and Marvel were just as guilty of, of flooding in all of yeah. these useless books. And if I may here, 
Here's where you had the death of Superman and the Supermen come out. Then you get yeah the reign then, the reign of the Superman yeah right and then that's where everything starts to fall apart. Then you've yep. got Marvel and DC trying to figure out how to make money, right? Mm-hmm. And here's where the fun begins because you then you get Shaq in the amazing <laughs> DC Steel. movie yeah. Steel, um, and you get and you get uh, one uh, of the all time uh, greats. How many times? Did, I mean, if you just look into this, guys, look into how many times the Spider Man movie property was sold before it ended up at Sony. Look, yeah. uh-huh. Figure out how many, it was sold about seven or eight times, just Marvel trying to get some cash out of that thing. Yeah. Um, you had all this stuff happen because of this bust. They couldn't figure it out. And then you finally had the Saturday morning cartoons pick up. You had the X-Men cartoon, which to me is still one of the best cartoons I've ever watched as a kid. Um, I can hear that. I can hear the music in my which by the way, they, which they used in the movies. <laughs> yeah, they did. And, yeah. uh, yeah, they, and they, the, they, they, yeah, it's very cool. And then of course I've talked about it 500 times with the Batman animated series, mm-hmm. the, one of the best animated hey, series. By the way, I don't know if you know this. Wildcats had its own animated series too. No, I went, 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 went one season. Yeah. You can watch it all full length episodes on YouTube. Oh, I'll have to take yeah. a look. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, so you had a bunch of these people trying to get, okay, like, let's work on this. Let's try to get some cash back. And then I think, you know, that's going to be, that's going to stretch itself thin all the way through the late 90s till you finally get to Spider-Man in the movies with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And then, then we, then that's the, you know, and it's not the start, but that's where it kind of really starts to ramp up with superhero films. Is that those Spider-Man movies back in two thousands, uh, what two thousand two thousand one? Uh-huh. We had some stuff in the in the late nineties too, but you know, I, I that's the ramp up for me. That's when I start. That's what I feel like. That's the ramp. That's the that's where the upward motion begins, and that's when people were interested in comic books again. People are getting interested in comic yeah. books again because of these movies. And I don't know if we'll ever see uh, a comic book revolution like we did in nineteen ninety two. No, um, I, I don't think we will. I, I don't tell think you, we will. Comic books are comic book stores are are still around. Comic book yeah. stores are surviving, and I think you know Atomic Comics. I think is just the anomaly. Is the is that last end of the was the at the end of the uh, or I'm sorry at the start of the upward swing. Mm-hmm. And I think I think if there was a way they would recover it, I think Atomic Comics would just be well, blowing up right now. Well, you know they. They did. They do have a Atomic Comics had a cameo in a comic book movie. If you remember, which movie? Kick Ass. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. Yes, absolutely, yep. they did. Um, but anyway, but yeah, that's and, they and were, then then they went out of business. And then they went out of business. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, yeah. But the, the upward swing uh, that started then, and I think it's gotten me back into comic, like going out and actually buying comic books again. Cause I would mm-hmm. get them digitally. I would, I did the digital stuff. Yep. And then after all these movies started really coming out, I'm like, man, I want nostal- I want that feeling of going into a store, yeah. picking up a comic book off the shelf, picking up a, a, a collection, a volume, not necessarily a single issue, but a volume mm-hmm. that I could really just kind of spend my time, look at it, re um, rekindle my love for this as an adult um, and figure out why I liked it so much as a kid, but now understand it even better as an adult. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I agreed. Man. I agree. So I agree a hundred percent. And that that's why I I was so excited when we when we first you know threw out Image Comics you know, yeah se- several weeks back because yeah we did yeah 
um, you know, and and we'll t- let's talk a little bit about where where image you know is at now, um, sure. because we you know we we've talked a little bit about the you know the the awesome birth of image and, and a little bit of their. Uh, their dirty toilet paper that they dealt with. Um, and guys, you can find all this stuff. And we're not just talking about going to Wikipedia and typing in image comics. <laughs> I mean, you can do that. Sure. Uh, but, but check out this really great movie called image revolution. You can find it in a number of different formats. Um, and it's a, and it's a fair documentary as well too. It just it's, doesn't, yeah. pa- it doesn't just paint a picture that, you know, image could do no wrong. No. Uh, image, you know, uh, after, you know, uh, Wildstorm productions, uh, was bought by DC. You had the split with, Extreme Studios, uh, Top Cow, which is still associated with Image, but kind of is, you know. From a distance. Yeah, from a distance. They they really went arm's length because Silvestri had a lot of issues with Rob Leefield. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And you can find, and honestly, if you do look... On the on a Wikipedia, I think it's either on the Wikipedia page, but you can look at all the amount of comics that were started and stopped uh, oh. in the '90s, and it's just it's a massive it's embarrassing. List. It's embarrassing, um, and you know, and characters that will forever that were yeah. some of them were very cool, some of them were very weird. One that comes to my mind is it always is the Max, the Max, yeah, in <laughs> uh, in interesting read. Um, one I would like to revisit, but they're 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 kind of hard to track down because. Yep. Um, you know, at, at that time, it just was, you know, image yeah. image was starting to, to, you know, I don't want to say fall apart, but when it was all said and done and, and the dust settled yeah. and, uh, you know, Silvestri and Top Cow, like I said, they kind of, their image, but at an arm's length, yep. Lee Field has, has kind of worked his way, not, not as a, as a partner any longer with Image Comics, but with potentially bringing young blood. That's, back and yeah, that, that'll that's, be interesting. That's that'll today. Interesting that's, right, to that's recent now where he's, yeah, he's talking about coming back and maybe revisiting young bloods. And I think that's, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, whether my personal feelings on Rob Leefield aside, it's cool uh, to see some of this stuff maybe churn up again. And maybe some of this stuff like not necessarily, it's not going to reignite the comic book revolution, but no, I tell you no. it will, it's going to continue to rekindle like people who may not, who look at dead Deadpool, they watch the movie. They really like it. They really dig the character. And they see in the credits, you know, Marvel did well. Well, Rob Liefeld's in the movie. Tw- he is in the movie. He makes a very small cameo. But. Yeah, and 20th Century Fox does give credit. Um, you know, it says Deadpool created by Marvel Incorporated and Rob Liefeld. So, yeah, I mean, so there is, yeah, there's there is credit, credit given. right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it, worst case scenario, people are picking up comic books. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's what we're, I know that's why we talk, is because that's exactly what we're about. And all this stuff now, I think, you know, picking up The Walking Dead from Image that they refused. Uh, that's kind of an interesting story too. I don't want to spend tons of time, but well, they, I think they, we we have to give walking dead some love because well, let, 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 let's be very, let's be very, very transparent as great as spawn is greatest savage dragon is. If there was no walking dead, there might not be an image. Uh, who knows, man? It's entirely possible. I would say that's a great possibility. It's entirely uh, possible. Now, not to say yeah. that spawn and dragon wouldn't exist that could, because they would, because those books are just too good to go away. But the company, but, the company, yeah. Walking Dead. I mean, do that. Walking Dead number one. If you can find a first printing of that, that is a valuable. Right now, that comic is worth. Have. That is yeah. worth the money. And, <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, you talk about uh, 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 and then spawning from there. No pun intended. Spawning mm. a a good series on AMC. Yep. That is reflective 
has its own story, has its own canon. It is it reflects the comics and doesn't copy it, the comics completely. Um, nope. But nope. I tell nor you, nor should it, nor should yeah, it. And, but Robert Kirkman, who is the creator of of Walking Hands Dead, hands are all over that show. He, he will not give that, that show up. Yeah, yeah. he's inside he's that show that like up. crazy. Mm-hmm. And I and I think they got smart about the stuff that they messed up on back in the day. I think with the walking dead, they're treating it very differently from a comic book standpoint. And you read the comic, but you read the comic book more than I do. I do. Um, I've read, I've only read a few episodes or I'm sorry, a few, I keep calling them episodes. I've only read mm-hmm. a few, few, um, a few books, but, uh, but I tell you, I, they, they really turned themselves around when they decided to grab Kirkman's book and it mm-hmm. wasn't the first pitch table either that no. Kirkman got published with image nope. comics, image comics told him zombie comics are not selling We're it's not, it's not a product that we're interested in. And, uh, I tell you what, that's what I love about Robert Kirkman is that the dude believed in exactly what he was doing and said, yeah, maybe, maybe from a distance, um, these don't work from from everybody else's creation yeah exactly they're not working because everybody else is making them they're gonna work because i'm making it yeah which is which is the the spirit of image comics exactly right and and that spirit you know that that flame burned extremely bright and then dimmed yeah and you know where where the image that we have today uh you know like like we said earlier it's not a it's not a brand that is, you know, yep. um, filled to the to the brim with yeah. over the top superheroes and and things like that. There, it's in every sense of the word. Even though yeah. it's a major uh, publishing house, yeah, it, it's it is the home of of the independents, yeah, and and that's okay. Which is which is even just because it's an indep- yeah, just because it's an independent book doesn't mean it's a bad book. And it's reflected even I think now yeah. I th- they're moving. I don't know if you read that or not, um, but they are moving. I think they're in L.A. right now. Um, Berkeley. They're in Berkeley. Berkeley. Uh, Berkeley. But they are moving to Portland. Um, yeah. Is the new is the new deal? And I think you know I hope the hipsters start reading comic books again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I hope I hope people get their hands on some of these some of this stuff and really remember why they got into comic books in the first place and mm-hmm. why they maybe like Batman versus Superman and why they like Iron Man and Marvel and in Civil War and the Avengers um and Spider-Man and, and and really remember where this stuff came from and how great it is to go into a comic book shop, a nice one, and one that will treat you nice <laughs> and have a good conversation with somebody who who you may not have wanted to talk to before, may not have the opportunity to talk to before and just share some ideas about, Hey, what did you, man, I'm about to pick up, you know, I think I'm going to pick up some of Tom or Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man. Did you, have you read that and see what kind of, you know, talk to people about it. It's yeah. You're going to meet some amazing people just by being able to go into a shop and, and, and do that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, and if you're able to, uh, you know, track down some selected issues of image comics, yeah. um, you know, even if you, uh, cause man, I got these, I'll, I'll share some of the prices. I, I paid 99 cents for <laughs> cyber force. Number yeah, two. <laughs> uh, I paid 99 cents for young blood number two. Yeah. Which probably in 1990, mid 92, you probably could have, you know, sold for about 50 bucks. Yep. And, uh, Death Blow number one was $2 because of that embossed cover. Oh, that embossed cover, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget bucks. that embossed cover. Yeah. Um, I think, it, you know, I, I think my last thought that I would like to share about Image is, uh, you know, nostalgia is always um, a 
a fickle beast. Yeah. Because you remember certain things one way. And when you go back and revisit it, you're like, hmm. <laughs> well, sp- the Spawn movie for me is exactly like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, that that's a little bit. That's a little bit how I feel about, you know, 43-year-old John um, opening <laughs> up some of these image books today. Yeah. Just kind of going, hmm. Okay. Because for all intents and purposes, they are 90s era comic books. Mm-hmm. And so there's a certain <laughs> approach. There's a certain level of story, thin, uh, that you will find. Sure. All that being said, uh. I, I just have such a great soft spot in my heart for image. And, and I love walking into a comic sh- comic shop today. Yeah. And even though the, the only image book that I read outside of collected volumes of, of things that, you know, have already been printed, uh, is the walking dead. That's, that's the only image book that I read. It's still very, very cool to see image books still very well represented in a comic book shop and covering a variety of things, whether it's superhero or just storybook or just whatever Mm -hmm. that's important. That's important. And, and I think that it took a a long time for that company to finally realize the original vision of the company. Mm -hmm. It's, it's being realized now and that's good. It's good for the it's good for the industry. It's good for the it it's really good is. for the it's it's good for business. It it genuinely is. Yep. It can't just be a world of Marvel and DC. No. It, just, it just can't be. And there are great books that are published by Image. There are great books published by Dark Horse. Valiant has made a return. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got all these other little independents, right, that that are producing some good stuff. So um, I'm glad that Image is still around because it, it did look like, you know, going into the mid-90s and the late 90s and the early 2000s <laughs> that Image was not going to make it. Didn't know how they were going to stick around. Yeah. You yeah. know, Spawn Very was going to exist. Yeah. Spawn was going to exist. Dragon was going to exist. But that that big eye that they have not gotten rid of, that no. logo has not changed yeah, since 1992, uh, is still very well yeah. represented. So I, cool. I I love that. I love that. So that that's our uh, that's our rundown of of image, guys. There is like a million things that yeah. we did not even remotely touch on <laughs> when it comes to image. I, yeah. I want to encourage you guys that, you know, if you walk by. In your comic shop, you know, those spawn, those spawn collected series have been redone, rebound. And they're about like 10 bucks, 11 bucks too. Yeah. The color has been, yeah, the color has been retouched up. Um, it's cleaned up kind of like, if think about it, it's a remastered version of that album you loved back in the day. They just kind of went back and polished it up, polished some things up, uh, pick those up, pick up Savage Dragon, jump into some of those bins, pull out Wildcats, the Max, Pit, Cyberforce. They may not be the deepest read. But boy, is that going to just really give you an idea? Yeah, it's really going to give you. You will, and it's going to give you an idea of where image for all of its glory and for all of its warts. Yeah, set the comic book world on a on a new course, and it crashed into some rocks for a while. But I I don't know if we'd be where we are today um, with this nostalgia that we see on the screen in front of us that we love to go watch and we love to bash and we love to praise. I don't know where we'd be. If the all that's all all you know all the events leading <laughs> yeah. up to the crash, all the events on the rebuild, I tell you, mm-hmm. 
we may yeah, be man. in a very different spot where we're not watching as much Batman as we as we'd like to, uh, but we get to right now. And I think uh, absolutely the the crash and the rebuild and everything from the '90s to today, you know, it means a lot. And I, and and those comic books will mean a lot as well. Um, so if you haven't already, like go dive in, like go to the, go to a shop. Go, if you walk by one, just pop in and, and take a read. And you know, a lot of these issues you can just grab and start reading in the store. You may not even have to buy one. If you don't want to, you can just grab and start looking at them in the store. Um, but take a read at them, take take a look, yeah. give them an honest shot. Um, it, it, I think it'll change a lot of perspective uh, that you may have. If you're just a Marvel and DC fan digging into uh, some alternative, alternative publishers. Well, and then, you know, that's what I'm thinking too, is like, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're a newer comic fan and, you know, you're, you're looking at Jim Lee's art, uh, you know, a new 52 Batman and saying, wow, man, this is really great. We're not just talking about going and looking at Gen 13 by Jim Lee and Death Blow and Wildcats. Sure. Dude, dig even deeper and go into those X-Men years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jim Lee. Mutant Genesis, uh, man. Like that's such a, yeah. you want to talk about a, 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 I know a comic book that I read as a kid, uh, that was, and I'm I'm looking at it right now. I'm I'm thinking about picking up the the collected work here. <laughs> um, it is man, it is fresh. It looks awesome. Yeah, man, so cool. Very cool. All right, that's Dude, image. Image. I think we nailed it. I think we got it. I think we did. <laughs> Dude, there's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing left to be said. <laughs> that's it. That's the only thing. That's that's all that can be said about that. Yep. But uh, we're done. But, but again, guys and gals, um. Let us know. Let us know where you're at on on Image, and let us know where you're where if you remember Image, and if you remember reading those issues when they came out, and um, you know, or not reading them, or, or not reading them because they never came out, or yeah, because you couldn't because <laughs> you couldn't get a copy of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, reach us, reach out to us. Uh, you know, like I say this on every show, right? We're on Twitter, RFBPC, and our email address is reasonablefanboys at gmail dot com. Um, you know, John, you guys have that uh, saucy riffs and tasty licks, and you got a Twitter uh, kind of more or less yeah. at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're, we're working really on some rad. Twitter with uh, saucy riffs and tasty licks, uh, sister show to uh, Reasonable Fanboys, where we talk uh, heavy metal and hard rock. The mm-hmm. last episode was an abbreviated one uh, called John Rips a Solo. Um, <laughs> I think I did a little bit better on that one than I did my, can, I my canned it. my canned speech. Hey guys, have you ever read uh, you? Flashpoint? <laughs> please, please uh, tell him that he did okay. You can I did tweet, okay. Tweet, yeah. tweet the account. My tell us that he did okay. He'd my ego right. needs some serious stroking right now. Right. Please, <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, it's a show that uh, we may, may could potentially be moving to uh, biweekly as opposed to weekly, but uh, it's a really great show with our friend Rex Diamond. Yep, and uh, we enjoy talking about hard rock and heavy metal. Little little bit of a different vibe than what we do here but that's intentional because we're talking about two totally different things but yep. yet impassioned about it nonetheless absolutely so well man i can't uh thank everyone enough for listening um when you do and um you know reach out let us know if uh, what your thoughts are on all this and and uh, love to talk more about this keep the conversation going on the outside and so but uh i guess that wraps it up what you think john That's it, man. That's all I got, dude. All right. Well, you've been listening to Reasonable Fanboys. My name's Ryan. I'm John. And thanks for listening, guys. Good night.